Hey guys, welcome to Big Church Online. We are so excited that you've joined us today. If you're looking for any sermons or words of encouragement, you've come to the right place. While you're here, please subscribe, like, comment, share. That way you can stay up to date and help others find it as well. Now, let's get this week's sermon in progress. Listen, God's doing something in the world today. And you may look around and say, you know, look at the chaos. We've been talking over the last several weeks about, you know, standing up for our faith and, and this is our time to shine. And, but can I tell you that when darkness tries to take over, that's when light shines the brightest. And whether you want to look at this dark world or you don't watch the news, I don't watch the news anymore because I don't believe half of it. I don't even believe 90% of it. And when you start looking at all the things unfolding around us, we can get into a, a dark mode and say, oh my gosh, you know, oh my goodness, oh my gosh. But let me tell you something. God is the same yesterday. He's the same today. And he's the same forevermore. And he's same through all that we see around us. So this morning, as we continue talking about some heavy stuff, I'm going to preface again. We talked about spiritual warfare a couple weeks ago. And People started telling me, man, man, I'm, I'm battling something. I said, well, when you start talking, when you start exposing the enemy, that's when he starts bringing everything he can against you. Man, Pastor Rich, I got saved. I was talking to a lady just yesterday. She said, I got baptized a year ago. And she says, my life has just been, she said, I would want to say it's been great. She said, it's been attack after attack uh, of, of things. Listen, when the enemy doesn't have you, he tries everything in the world to kind of get you back. And when you become a Christian, this is all not even in my notes. When you become a Christian, that, that bullseye is on your back because you no longer are in darkness. You came over to the marvelous light. So don't think it's strange, the things that you may be going through, because that's just the things that you might have to be tested on as you go forward. We talked last week, and the title of the message was Real as Hell. Is heaven and hell even real? And as we continue with our, so our series, this I'll be honest with you. I, as I'm putting this together, there's a lot of Bible in this. I'm telling you, there's, I don't know how many scriptures you're going to have, but you're going to hear the, you're probably the whole Bible today. But I started thinking, this is really not a preach. This is more of a teach. And I'm not really a teacher. So that's why I wore my hot shirt, because I knew I probably wouldn't be sweating so much. But you know what? Whatever the Holy Ghost wants to do this morning is what he's going to do. But this morning, we still may have some questions that are unfolding. And, and talking to our, our social media, they said, you know, some of the biggest questions out there right now is, is, is this the end of the world? Or are we facing the end times? Or, or, or how much time do we really have? And what are the signs of the time? And one thing I grew up with is the rapture of the church. And let me just tell you this. I said this last week. I'm not a theologian. I didn't even graduate college. I'm, I don't think I know everything up here. I'm not trying to throw all the facts at you. I want you to search God for yourself. I know we should have turned the AC on this morning. It's kind of in between seasons right now. But... If you have the questions, I ask you, the Bible says, search the scriptures and you'll be able to find them. The title of my message this morning is, and this is going to get a lot of views, End of Times. Kind of scary, isn't it? It's not if you, I heard somebody say, nope, it's not if you are found in Jesus Christ. 
But when we start talking about what are some of the signs of the time, I'm going to talk about Matthew 24 this morning, and, and we talk about Israel and prophecy. I mean, all you see nowadays on TV is Israel. Do you realize that Israel is about the size of New Jersey? It's not very big. It's been in conflict ever since it became a nation as far back as Egypt, the Philistines, the Babylonians, the Persians, the Romans. Everyone has always tried to take over and they've conquered taking over the nation of Israel. It's been taken over. It's been enslaved. And God's people during those times were scattered all over the world. And you know why they were? They were scattered because of disobedience in their own life. They didn't want to listen to God. Come on, somebody. How many have been scattered before? I've been called a scatterbrain because I wouldn't listen to God. Well, they've been scattered all over the world and, and due to sin and disobedience. But God promised to bring them back to their land, to their land. Deuteronomy 33 says this. That the Lord your God will bring you back from captivity. It's talking about back in the time when the Babylonians, but it's also talking about right now too. And have compassion on you and gather you again from all of the nations where the Lord your God has scattered you, where the Lord your God has scattered you. Sometimes in your life, you get scattered because God is scattering you. You wonder what's going on in your life. Sometimes God's got to get your attention in certain ways. He has to scatter your plans. He has to scatter the things that, that you felt like you were going to, to get your attention. Listen to Matthew. Listen to Matthew 24. Now learn the parable of the fig tree. If you don't know, the fig tree is a representation of Israel. Now when its branches have already become tender and it puts forth leaves, you know that the summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things now, it is near and even at the doors. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation, this generation will by no means pass away till all things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. And he's talking about Israel, that tender uh, plant. The nation of Israel became a nation again in 1948. They took their capital back from the opposing armies in 1967. There is so much turmoil going on in Israel today. It's persecuted. It's surrounded by enemies right now. Y'all don't even know. You're thinking about Hamas, but there's Syria and Lebanon and Jordan and Saudi Arabia and Iran and Hamas and is Russia, China. I know this is going on, but this is the facts. It's surrounded. And just like the Bible said, it would be surrounded in the last days. But why is it so important that the nations want to rise against it? Why is it in so much conflict? Look at Deuteronomy 7. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. And the Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples of the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love on, the Lord did not set his love on you, nor choose you because you, you were more in number because they're the size of New Jersey than other people, but you were for the least of all people. This land is under attack. It's in conflict because it's God's chosen people. Can I just tell you one thing right now? The devil hates Israel. The devil hates you because you're God's chosen people. Come on, we're talking about a, a, a land, but I'm talking about a group of people right now, not just in this church, but in churches all over the world today who proclaim Jesus Christ. You are his special people. And that's why the enemy is so after you and wants you so bad, because you are chosen of God. 
You may be going through some stuff right now. But that's why we have, why is it important that we pray for Israel? That's all you see is pray for and stand with Israel. Listen to this. This is your benefit. Psalms 122, 6 and 9. Pray for the peace in Jerusalem. May all who love this city prosper. O Jerusalem, may there be peace within your walls and prosperity in your palaces. For the sake of my, listen, for the sake of my family and friends, I will say, may you have peace. For the sake of the house of the Lord of God, I will seek what is best for you, O Israel. If you're looking for peace, pray for Israel. If you're looking for prosperity, pray for it. This is the word of God right here. There's a bunch of Bible I'm going to read to you. It's not me saying it. This is what God is saying. If you want what's best for your household, I suggest that you keep Israel in your, in your prayers. Let's look at a familiar passage in scripture. Listen, if you grew up in, you grew up in church like I did, and they said, we're going to start teaching about Matthew 24. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, he's bringing out Matthew 24. We're all going to hell today. But when we start talking about Matthew 24, here is Jesus instructing his disciples to be diligent in expecting his return. He was also warning them of the events that were about to happen in the near future and in the, and in, and in the far future too. Let's look at Matthew 24. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. They're like, Jesus, look at that. Look at the temple. Isn't it awesome? And Jesus said to them, do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you that not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. They're looking at this massive temple. And Jesus is saying, one of these days, he didn't say when, he said, one of these days, this temple is not only going to be destroyed, they're going to rip the total foundation of this building apart. They're going to tear it from rock to rock. There's not going to be nothing left. It's going to be flat. You know what had happened during that time? The Jews had made their temple their God. And God wanted to be their God. Here's prophecy number one. The Romans come along 40 years later. They took over Jerusalem and they burned the temple completely. Historians say this. That there was so much gold, and there was so much silver inside of the temple that when it got heated up, it was so heated up that it melted and it went down into the cracks. Oh, come on, somebody. It went down into the crevices of that temple that when it cooled down, the greedy Romans came in there and they knew they had to tear it up piece by piece by piece. By peace. Come on, y'all. Y'all are not getting excited. Jesus told them there ain't going to be nothing that he could. Come on, come on. He's going to tear it all up. Yeah. That's what he's saying in your life. I'm about to tear down the foundations that you've built up in your own life. I'm not going to leave one stone unturned until I get to be who you. Until I get to be who you are in my life. Yeah. Oh, I am sweating, y'all. Matthew twenty four three. Now, as he sat at the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Notice it didn't say the end of the world. Because Psalm says this, you laid the foundations of the earth so that it should not be moved forever. Ecclesiastes 1.4 says this, 
One generation passes away and another generation comes, but the earth abides forever. But let me tell you what that is. That's kind of a human view. Because when, when, when the psalmist saw this and when David saw this they, and Solomon saw it, they could not fathom that the earth, as, as much as it is, could ever pass away or be gone. But let me tell you what, this earth was corrupted by sin back in Genesis. When they made the wrong choice, it was corrupted. And that's why we see a lot of the things. I know this is heavy, y'all. That's why we see a lot of the things happening in our world today. It seems like it's spiraling out of control because it all happened back in Genesis. The Bible actually says we're going to have a new earth and a new heaven. Look what Revelation says. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no more sea. What he's talking about in the end of the age, he says, there is a time when Satan, listen, you got to understand, Satan has been called the prince of the air, as I said a few weeks ago, right? He's been called the ruler of this world. And in 2 Corinthians, it says, the God of this world has blinded minds of the unbelievers. So what he's saying here, there's about to be an end of the age. Satan's rule. He said, I'm about to be strong and I'm about to rule. Strong. You got to see my grandboy do that. I'm strong. He's about to say, devil, you've had, this is for somebody. You've had your time. Now it's my time. Come on. There's some of us in here that need to be saying the end of your age of rule is over in my life. You've had your time of pillaging and ramping and doing all this stuff. It's my time to shine. Come on. We get, if we got that attitude up here, we could kick the devil right in the teeth. Matthew 24, 4. And Jesus had answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. Do you know that right after Jesus' death, there were several false messiahs that came up and said they were Jesus. And let me tell you what, they even went to the, went to the extent of ca causing the Jews, a lot of Jews to follow after them out into the wilderness. And some of them even died because they followed the wrong person. But we said, hold on, stop. Many have come through the centuries. If you're old enough to remember this, some of you young folks, you're like, who's he talking about? Well, we had Jim Jones. Started out good, but he turned into his own Messiah. He took people over there and they ended up killing themselves, uh, uh, committing suicide. We talk about David Koresh. He, 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 had, he got people to come, and, come into a compound with him. Sung Young Moon. And there's also one called Jose Luis de Jesus Miranda, I said that in my best Spanish accent. But he claimed to be Christ, but also he claimed to be the Antichrist. How in the world could you be both? He got the 666 tattooed on his arm. But many people down the centuries have come and said they were Christ. Verse 6, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in various places. And you might say, Pastor Rich, that's been going on for years. There's always been uh, this. Uh, yes. But let me tell you the intensity of all this. 
the facts are, they said that if things don't change, we only have enough food to feed the world for about two more years. Crickets. See, there's things you don't know about. There's bug... There's a bug out there right now that they're having a hard time killing it and it's eating our vegetation. They've tried to get uh, uh, basically, what, what do you, bug killer. Let's say bug killer. And it's having no effect on these bugs. There are pestilences out there they can't even name anymore that are eating our crops. Listen, there are three earthquakes per day that you don't even know about. But the, the intensity of them is getting greater and greater. All these, in Matthew 24, says this. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up for tribulation. They will kill you. I know, this is hard, hard stuff. And let me tell you what, I've had a hard week trying to even put this together and go, what am I doing? But the Bible, we, we really felt like a few weeks ago that God mandated us to be able to not put fear in you, but to educate. And again, I don't know everything. You need to go find out and search the scriptures yourself. But I really believe God wants us to hear this in this time. You will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended. Come on, do we live in an offendable world? Man, you can't talk about nothing anymore without offending somebody. They will betray one another and will hate each other. Can I just tell you, listen to these. Persecution. There's 100,000 per year, one, in, one every five minutes. There's 12 an hour. 65% of all of those persecutions have, la have happened in the last 500 years. There's a, over a million people imprisoned. Listen, you don't know how fortunate you are to sit in this place today. Come on, no, 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 no. There's people that gotta walk for miles and not talk. Come on, y'all can't even walk to the parking lot without talking. You know why? Because they have to meet in, in private. They have to meet in secret. They have to sing praises at a whisper because they cannot tell about their faith because they will be imprisoned and even killed for their faith. Listen, every time Sunday morning rolls around, you need to get your lazy butt up. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. But you need to understand what a privilege you have to walk into this place and to praise our God and lift our hands up in the air. You need to understand how good you've got it in America. Can I just tell you this right now? It may get to the point where it ain't going to be that good. The Bible says you better hide your word in your heart and in your mind because you may not have the word one of these days. So you better get you some Bible verses. Listen, look at the rise of anti-Semitism just since all this has happened. They're trying to, I mean, Russia, they were storming this plane, going to kill all the Jews on it. And these campuses nowadays are, are anti-Jew. And listen, the Christian faith is under attack right now. Yeah. I am sweating. And it says, and false prophets will rise up in verse 11 and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Can I just tell you this much right now? The murder rate is up. But the rate of violent crime is through the roof. Not only are people 
Not only are people are causing murder, they're doing violent crimes nowadays. I mean, it's, it's stuff that, we were in Florida and they said a guy got out of his car, walked over, I guess road rage, and shot the man dead right on the side of the road, got in the car and took off. They were looking for him and went there. People just, can, can I save your life? Don't have road rage. You might laugh at it, but let me tell you something. We're living in a world right now that you stick a finger up to someone, you're going to, you might get a 357 put off on you. I tell this to Keenan all the time. He likes to drive around on somebody's bumper, flicking his lights and doing all that stuff. You don't know who you're messing with. You don't know how crazy person because the love of many has waxed cold. People don't care anymore. Whew, I'm going on. But Matthew 4, 24, 13 says, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom, he was talking about my kingdom, will be preached to, in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Preach the gospel to all nations. In the, in the book of Daniel, it says that knowledge will be increased. Never before have we seen technology that has been able to reach the whole world. Come on, there's satellites, there's a thing called the internet that's reaching people that could never hear the gospel message even 20 or 30 years ago. The gospel is going to be preached in all of the world. But you know what does that mean to us? It means that we, uh, that we as Christians need to tell everyone Everywhere, we need to tell our family, our friends, our neighbors, at your school, at gym, at the park, everywhere. You need to tell them the good news and the hope of salvation in Jesus Christ. Come on, we don't have to go to the four ends of the earth to do that. We can do that in our own backyard. But somewhere in all this tribulation, there's going to be something called the rapture of the church. Now, you might say that's not even in the Bible. That word's not in the Bible. It's not. Not in the original King James or some of the other translations. But in the Greek and the Hebrew, the word rapture is, means caught up. It means taken away. It means snatched away. Listen to what 1 Corinthians says here, 15. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. But, the, but we shall all be changed in the moment, in the twinkling. He means not, not all of us are going to die. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. First Thessalonians says this, for the Lord himself, he ain't sending no angel. Come on, he's not sending someone else. It says the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive will remain, shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall be with the Lord. Come on, this is the word of God here. That ain't me. Matthew 24, 40 says this, then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Watch, therefore, for you do not know the hour your Lord is coming. There's so many people that want to predict a date and a time and a, a minute. And, 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 and listen, we could talk about the times, the signs of what's going on around us. 
But Jesus himself doesn't even know when, when it's going to happen. What, he's, probably, he's tapping God on his shoulder. God, is it time yet? Is it time? Can we go yet? Can we go? Guys, but here's the good thing about God. The Bible says he's long-suffering. To, uh, aren't you glad? Oh, come on, somebody. Aren't you glad he's long-suffering towards you? Because he could have given up on you a long time ago. But he's ta- Jesus is tapping him on the shoulder, and he's going, just a few more minutes, just a few more hours, just a few more days. I got more people I want to gather into me. I got a church out there that wants to rise up in these last days and create revival. These descriptions of events, much like an event portrayed in an HBO show called Leftovers. I read this. This is crazy. 2% of the entire population vanishes. And all of a sudden, chaos ensues. And you might ask me, when's that going to happen? When will this all happen? Can I ask you, can I just give you the honest answer for me? I don't really 100% know. The Bible says those that endure to the end shall be saved. So I don't know what the end is, whether it's here, there, or yonder. But when you start talking about these, and listen, I grew up in church my whole life. I've had people actually get in almost in fist fights over what I'm about to tell you right now. Through the years, three main convictions. Three, not two have emerged concerning the timing of the rapture. There's pre-tribulation view. That's the belief that the rapture will occur before the seven years of tribulation. And Jesus himself is going to come, as I said, in the rapture and pull all of the good, all of us, not the good people, the people who've... Oh, that's another message right there. The people who have made him their Lord and Savior... Then there's the mid-tribulation, the belief that the rapture will occur at the midpoint of the tribulation. And then there's post. It means that the rapture is not going to occur to the end of this. I personally would tend to believe it's more the first or maybe the second, but not the last. Let me tell you why. Because this is what the Bible says. And listen, I know this is heavy. We may have to go through some things. People say, I'm going through hell on earth. No, you're not. People say, I've had people say that all the time. I'm going through hell. You're going through a bad time right now, but you're not going through hell. I promise you that. But I believe that if we're ready to meet Jesus, he's going to pull us out when all hell breaks loose on this earth. You know why? Because look at what the Bible says. 1 Thessalonians 5.9. For God did not appoint us to wrath but to obtain salvation through Jesus Christ. If you made Jesus your Lord and Savior, you're not appointed to wrath. He died for us. And whether we wake, whether we die or we sleep, we should live together with him. Look at 1 Thessalonians. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. Look at John. Let not your heart be troubled. Thank you for keeping up with me, y'all. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare that place for you, I will come again and I will receive you to myself. And where I am, where I am, you may be also. Listen. God has prepared a place for us to be with him forever. He's also going to be with us as we navigate these times that we're going through right now. There are some verses the Lord gave me just this morning. Y'all ain't got them. Listen, this was, I had to go back here and jot these downs. He said, do not fear. Come on. For I am with you. 
Be not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you and I will uphold you with the righteous right hand. Isaiah 40, 29, you don't have it again. He gives us power for the weak and the strong and he makes us powerful. And God, 1 Peter says, and the God of all grace who called you to eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, we're gonna suffer a little while, and you may be suffering through some things right now, but he will himself restore you. He's gonna make you strong. It also says your mind will be in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon the Lord. We are gonna have to get in a place where, God, I don't understand what's going around me. I don't get it, but I believe in you. I know there's not peace all around me right now, but I know you're the ones that keep my mind in perfect peace. Father, right now, I pray over everyone in this place right now. You will keep their mind in perfect peace that no matter what they're going through, no matter what struggle may be happening right now, God, they're gonna have the peace of God that suppresses, surpasses all understanding. I don't know why chaos is happening around me, but I got peace. I pray for that. If y'all would stand with, stand with me just a moment. I know this morning, we've unpacked a lot of scriptures. I don't know how many Bible verses there, but there was a lot. We've been given, given a lot of information. And listen, over the last few weeks, we've tried to answer a few questions. And again, we don't know everything. But the most important one that we can ask you this morning, are you sure where you'll spend eternity? Billy Graham, one of the greatest preachers who ever preached, preached over 60 years. And though he had various messages and different topics, it was always, where will you spend eternity? As I said last week, you will spend eternity in either heaven or hell. If Jesus came back right now, listen, I grew up and when I was a kid, every time my mom and dad wouldn't make any noise, oh my gosh, the rapture of the church happened. Everybody's gone. But what would happen in a moment in a twinkling of an eye if Jesus came and snatched his church up? Would you be ready to go? Listen, you don't gotta leave here today to doubting. You don't have to leave here today no, without making a choice of where you will spend of eternity. If you need salvation and you've never committed your life over to Jesus, if you would, everybody bow their heads and let's close their eyes. And let's, let's not look around. If you've never given Jesus your heart and made him the Lord of your life, would you slip up your hands for me? Okay, I see those hands. This morning, that could be the great, that can be. That's the greatest decision you can ever make is to make Jesus the Lord of your life. And if you've come long enough to know that it's not just a raising your hand, it's not just a saying a prayer, it's about walking it out afterward, but you have to start somewhere. When you take that step, it has to be the very first step. If you raised your hand, I just want you to know that God hears you. He knows you. He loves you. And you're gonna have an opportunity 
I want you to pray this with me. Say, dear Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross. Would you please forgive me of my sins? Make me new. I give you control of my life. I give you control of my life. And when I fall, will you help me get back up? In Jesus' name. Come on, if you prayed that prayer and you believed it, we want to we have a next steps bar at the welcome bar right now. We want to get you through your next steps. But also we have a prayer team on the left and the right up here that would love to pray with you. Someone came up to me before while we were having worship and said, we're going to have a morning of encounters. Can I just tell you, experiences are good, but encounters change everything. There was a man in the Bible called Saul and he encountered God one time and he turned out to be the greatest preacher who ever lived besides Jesus. So this morning, I don't want us just to have some experiences. I don't want us to have some feel good goosebumps. I don't want us to, feel, I want us to have an encounter with God. And then when he said that to me, they started singing this song and I'm like, I just want to be where you are. I just want to be near your heart. There's nothing like your love. Listen, when you get that close to God, thing it changes everything. So this morning, as we open this altars up, let's take our experiences, the things that we've had, which have been good. Let's come down and say, God, Let's really sing this song. Let's really open up our hearts for this song. And I tell you one thing, God never disappoints a heart that comes to him. Come on, if you need something this morning, say, God, I wanna be near you. I wanna be closer to you than I've ever been before in my life. This is your opportunity. And there's something about making a step forward and come, there's something about corporately coming together and say, God, I'm here. I need you this morning. So as we get ready to sing this song, let's not let it just be another song we sing at the end. Let's be one that changes our hearts and encounters us. Thank you for joining us today. If you're looking for more information or resources, you can visit mybigchurch.com or follow us on social media at mybigchurch. We love you guys. See you soon.